Deadly Serial contains adult language, discussions of violence, and sexual themes. Listener discretion is advised. Try to have fun. Don't take us seriously. Welcome to Deadly Serial. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. I am Lee Moffat. With me, as always, is my lovely sister. Laura Dedrick. Welcome. Oh, wow. my goodness. Wow. It's good to be back. It feels so weird. It does. It's like, uh, yeah, it's a little strange. But, uh, you know, we, we're sorry. We uh, just had to take a little break. Uh, you know, sometimes you need a break. But yep. we're back full steam ahead. Uh, we would like to announce two every two weeks we'll be doing an episode now instead of every week it's yes. kind of yeah to take a little bit of the the pressure and stress off of trying to do it in one week is kind of freaking us out so it is a little stressful and we always end up doing it like last minute anyway yeah. and yeah we're it's, both real big procrastinators yeah. yeah but anyway it'd just be easier and it'd be a better show yes Gives us a little bit more time to put into it, um, really, you know, beef it up, so to speak. So I'm excited about that. And I feel less of a weight on me now that we're doing it every two weeks. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can deal. I can deal yeah. with that. It's a little less stressful. Um, also, merch. Um, what about merch? Merch for our people who uh, subscribe to us uh, will be getting... A couple things. Mm-hmm. Some goodies for your support. We appreciate you. So look for that. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So this story is uh, it's a little different. It's it's kind of like a murder. It's it's a true crime and a supernatural story. It's a yeah. In a weave them. We're gonna either and or weave them. Yeah. There's a lot going on in this story of yeah possessions and stabbings and. It's an interesting story. It is. And it has Ed and Lorraine Warren and uh, everybody loves them. Yeah. Conjuring a couple. Yeah. They did a, you know, they're based on the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The movie is based on them, I should say. Yes. And uh, the new movie is going to be based off of this story. Yeah. Yeah. The Conjuring 3 will be this case here. So we thought, and I had, I've never heard of it. I never, I never heard of this case. No, me neither. But, um, No. And uh, I never heard of the movie with Kevin Bacon and who, uh, Course Leachman and Andy Griffith. Andy Griffith. Yes, 1983 made-for-TV movie. But yeah, it's a 1983 made-for-TV movie. It's called The Demon Murder Case, and you can find it in its entirety on YouTube. Yes, and uh, that's one of our sources for yeah. this episode. <laughs> yeah. I guess you could say the made-for-TV movie. You know. Don't yeah. take us too seriously. We're not. Kevin Bacon in his early, early days. Yeah, this is like those like Footloose Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, what year was Footloose? I don't I know, was... but it's uh it's pretty close to that. So yeah. But anyway, yeah, interesting case. We're gonna dive in. Uh check out that movie at least the first 10 minutes or so is pretty pretty great. Oh yeah. yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. So our story today happens on so on february 16th 1981 a 19 year old arnie cheyenne johnson fatally stabbed his landlord alan bono with a five inch 
pocket knife, which, ugh. That would be uh, illegal to carry on a plane. Five inch, oh, what well, you can't carry it. Well, you can't even carry like shampoo in certain quantities on a plane. So, I'm sure that's you true. <laughs> what do I know? I don't fly. <laughs> I've never flown before, never either. fucking flown in my life. We're from Missouri, you drive 10 hours to get somewhere like 12 hour drive. That's not that big a deal. We're not flying, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we stay on the ground, we drive everywhere in the Midwest. So, yes, he stabbed, he stabbed Alan Bono with a five inch pocket knife and later claimed the devil made him do it mm-hmm. did he i don't know did he we're gonna we're gonna talk about it so arnie johnson stabbed bono bono excuse me his friend and landlord over a drunken disagreement involving arnie's fiance and uh he stabbed him five times in the stomach which is pretty rough especially with a pocket knife very passionate yeah, personal. Interesting. This was the first murder ever reported in the town of Brookville, Connecticut. And it's 193 years. There was has never been a murder until that day. Isn't that insane? That's like a hot fuzz town. Yes. Like what's going on there in Brookville? They're a little too perfect over it's there. Little... Everybody's robots or aliens or something. Something's going on. As we say in every episode, it's a little sus. It's a little sus. Trust your <laughs> instincts. Yeah. That's kind of the end of the story, the murder. So we're going to start at the beginning and it kind of jumps around because there's just a lot of craziness to this, this case. Bear with us. Yes. So we got a, a few key players uh, in this case. Of course, we, we have Arnie Johnson. We have his fiance, Debbie Glaxel, who was a bit older than Arnie. She was 26. He was 19. Whatever. Uh, nice. Which is not, yeah, whatever, you know, but there is a little tidbit here. They met at a supermarket when Arnie was 12 years old. Whoa. Yeah. So um, she would have been 19 at the time. Oh. So wow, I wonder. That if would have made she... an impression on him, yeah. I think. He's 12, she's 19. Uh, maybe she kind of groomed him a little bit, you know? Maybe. I don't hmm. know. It's just weird to me. Anyway, there's a lot of things weird to me in this case. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so another huge player in this case is Debbie's 11 year old brother, David. Okay, so this all started when Arnie Johnson, he went by Cheyenne to his friends. I'm just going to call him Arnie. It's easier. Uh, He and Debbie found their dream home in the country. Uh, It was yellow with green shutters and the house like stood back from the road. It was close to Brookfield where Debbie and um, David's parents lived. So it was just perfect. And there was a waterbed in the master bedroom of the new house that had been left there by the previous tenants. So yeah, Arnie, man, you Debbie, don't want to move those things. No, my God, you got to drain it, and the, the I don't know what they were thinking of those things. It's like a permanent yeah. thing. It's like a, a hot tub in your bedroom. It's yeah, I don't understand. They're nice. People swear by them. I I've slept on a couple. I don't like them. I can do it. I don't enjoy it. And God forbid you got to flip over. I mean, then it's like you're riding the tide. God forbid you're sharing a bed with oh somebody who has to flip I over. I know. And then you get swung like you're on a trampoline and they do the it's double like, jump. Yeah. So, you know, Debbie and Arnie, they took friends laying on the mattress and, you know, playing around like 81. So this was like the height of, of waterbeds. So, yeah, they're having a grand old time. And David, the the kid, uh, he would not join in on this. And he, he just tended to stay away from anything that might make him scared or queasy. Uh, he was slightly overweight, dark-haired, eleven-year-old, and he just wasn't much for for horror stuff. Yeah, not a <clears throat> not interested in that kind of thing. No, 
So that's why what he, he said he saw that day was a little disturbing to his family, which is disturbing. David said that he was alone in the, the master bedroom. Something or someone pushed him down on the waterbed, like forcefully. And he also claimed to have seen a man in a flannel shirt and jeans. And the man said to David, beware. Oh, shit. So that's creepy. Is that a threat? Or I don't know. I don't know. Or a warning? I don't know. He if you're threatening me, you're going to yeah. be very sorry. <laughs> so he, and then later that evening, he said that he saw the man again, only this time his skin was burned and charred. He had no shoes. And David described his feet as deer hooves. Uh, yeah. Now, demons with hooves just freak me out. Yeah, anything with hooves, I think demonic. I think horses, I think donkeys, all the all of them are they're Baby evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not into the the hooves. Uh, what was that? Um, take drag me to hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That just reminds oh, me. Oh yeah. That. Yeah, where he's da- the goat is dancing. Woo. Sam Raimi. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. He's always a good one. Check that one out. It is a good one. Very good movie. Very gory and just silly. Good. Yeah. It's old school Sam Raimi goodness. Yeah, that's really good. So David shared the details of his fucked up day with his family that night, you know, sitting around the dinner table. And his mother just instantly believed him. That's good. You don't really see that. No, and it was just so out of char- character for him to be like, look, this entity over there is is taunting me haunting me you know she's like this is out of character for him he doesn't like scary stuff so but there's other reasons why she believed them too so okay later david would wake up horrified and he would describe an entity as man with black eyes a thin face with animal features jagged ears pointy teeth the hooves again and horns yeah that's which is terrible that doesn't sound any anything like a human no and the family was understandably a little freaked out. And David's mother, Judy, being the believer that she was in this, uh, decided to call a priest. Hell yeah. That's the first one to call, call the Ghostbusters. I don't know. My first call would be to the psychiatrist, but. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Like, I, I go back and forth. I'll go back and forth this whole time on it. But, okay, so she called a priest. And at this time, the church decided not to get involved. So this prompted judy to call ed and elizabeth warren and like we've said if you've seen the conjuring movies you know about this dynamic duo these handsome couple beautiful couple lovely so we're going to go on a side tangent here and talk about the warrens because they're interesting to say the least yeah they are ed was a self-proclaimed demonologist and lorraine was said to be a clairvoyant and in 1952, the couple founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, as well as their own occult museum in the basement of the research facility. And this museum hosted several demon and satanic artifacts and objects. So when they go and they show, like, this is where we keep Annabelle, this is where, like, that's fucking legit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where they live. Yeah. Ed and Lorraine had been involved in over 10,000 supernatural cases over the course of their careers, and they've even worked with the police on a lot of things. Okay. Like, as consultants. Right. Which I guess, yeah, if you've exhausted all options, what the hell? Might as well, like, oh man, yeah. 
bring them in. And 10,000 cases. That's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, they lived a long time, but that's, that's a lot of supernatural cases. And they said a lot of them were explainable. Like yeah. most of them, 99% of them were explainable, which makes them a little credible. That makes them very credible. I didn't know that. And that makes me feel a little bit better. Well, I don't know if it makes me feel better that it might be real, but you know what I mean? That they weren't all just, you know, oh, this is really, really hot. They're like, no, this is the, the vent in the attic and it's making them, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, like, they would always try to find the simplest explanation. They would never say, like, oh, you got, if you, the, there's a portal to hell, why don't you come up here and get me? Yeah. Lorraine Warren said that from an early age, she could see auras around people, but was afraid to say anything for fear that people might think she was crazy, which is understandable. Yeah. So she met Ed when she was 16, and they were just inseparable after that. They're actually, I mean, put everything aside as far as their career, they're adorable. Yes, they're absolutely. Cool. And if, if it isn't true, they believed it 120%. I, I think so, too. And that makes it, that makes them legit because they believe it. I mean, what can you do? You can't, I don't know. They weren't in it for money. Mm. They weren't in it for publicity. A little uh, bit. A little oh, yeah. bit of money. Oh, yeah. We'll get well, to that. Like merchandising. Who's not into a little bit of money, though? Monetizing. Everybody's doing it. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. got a side hustle. They decided uh, to put their talents together and work in the paranormal field together. So put their talents and work in the paranormal field. So Annabelle, the first Conjuring film, the one about the Throne family, Amityville, those are all real cases that the Warrens worked on. I didn't know about Amityville. I read that book. I read that when I was about 11 or 12, and it just scared the piss out of me. Absolutely, because I believed it 100%. Yeah, I did too. At the time, I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely, there are ghosts and stuff. Yeah, I was like, 11 or 12. If I woke up at 3.15, I'd be shitting myself. Oh, my God, I know. But I think of Amityville now, and I think of Ryan Reynolds with his shirt off chopping wood. Hello. Hello, my God. Anyway, I died. Punk. So Judy's mother, Judy, David's mother, had heard lectures from the Warrens and thought that maybe they could help. So 12 days after David had seen the hooved man, she called the Warrens. And they knew that something seriously, was, like there was something seriously wrong right away. This was no ghost or spirit. This was a demon. And Ed is quoted as saying, this is interesting. Uh, right away, I knew there was something to this. I felt like a good fisherman when he knows there is something on the line. Yeah, it shows where like his head it. is. It no. is, yeah. He's like, oh, we got a real one. Real woman. Yep. We got oh, a was... we got a sucker. Yeah. We got a we got a bleeder. You gotta you gotta move quicker than that. Yeah, you gotta go. Oh, oh. So much like what happens with other possessions, David was put through the ringer mentally and physically. By the time the Warrens arrived to assess the stitch, the family was already living a nightmare. It was it was bad. David would become violent, um, very much so. And this young kid that had shown no violence or a mental illness in the past. So it it just happened out of the blue. He and would, that doesn't happen in mental illnesses unless you're like in your 20s or... Yeah, because like schizophrenia will hit at like 19, 20 or, or so. And that's a little too young for, you know, for it to hit because sometimes it, uh, puberty does it too. Yeah. Yeah, 11. But you'll see a little later, like, what he needed, the real help he needed, he finally got, and he got better. Medication? Just, like, counseling. 
stuff. Counseling, that's it? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, get we'll, get, we'll get there. It's, it's nutty. So he would, you know, like he'd ride in bed in pain. Um, he gained 60 pounds during this thing. He lost 60 pounds? He gained 60 pounds. How the hell did he do that? I He's don't feeding know. him all this shit. I don't know, but he gained 60 pounds. I wonder if maybe there was something physically wrong with him as well. I mean, there's a lot of stuff they can do that. Your thyroid. Wow. Uh, he would attack his mother as well as other family members. And she said, he attacked me quite a lot. He spit on me, kicked me, and squeezed me in the bust. Whoa. Hey. Yeah. Honka Hello. honka. Yeah. Which is weird and disturbing. That's uh, demonic in itself. Yeah. Honking your mom's boots. He also attacked his grandmother with a knife. Hello. Yeah. That's escalating a little bit. The family started sleeping during the day just so they could keep David from hurting himself or grandma. Because it was during the night when things would really get bad for him. Like when he'd have his fits and stuff. The family started to call the entity the beast. Well, let's give it a name. Yeah. Let's give I mean, it more power. My husband has named my anxiety, so that's pretty funny. Do tell. Uh, Beatrice. Oh, shit. She's a bitch. I bet. <laughs> so when the beast would take control of David, he would lower his head, do the, the raise it slowly thing. He would growl and then laugh maniacally. I don't know if he's possessed or not, but that sounds terrifying. Yeah. He said, it was said that toys would move on their own. And one time a kick pan levitated toward the ceiling and left a stain on the ceiling. Right. So David's sister, Debbie, who is Arnie's girlfriend, fiance, also claimed to have seen the beast. She said, I saw a face with jagged teeth, coal black eyes. It had horns and pointy ears. So similar to what David said he saw. Mm -hmm. Debbie also claimed to have been scratched by a green hand rising from the floor and attacking her in bed. It was said that David was not just possessed by the beast, but 43 other demons and two devils. Not, that's a lot. That's a lot to deal with. Like, I'm pretty sure that uh, the exorcist only had one. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, you saw how that went down. We all did. Yeah. Not, not so well. good. Not well. Yeah, I'm not sure what the difference is between demons and devils, but apparently they made they did make that distinction. The 43 de demons was a tidbit we learned after a priest finally got involved. Uh, the priest from St. Joseph's Parish performed several deliverances on David, which the Warrens called lesser exorcisms. I don't know much about Catholicism, but it seems from what I can tell that a deliverance is kind of more like a request or like a counseling thing. So exorcisms have the Roman ritual. They use holy water. It's a very like ritualistic. You got to go straight to the Vatican. Yeah. All the way up to the top. And then they have to approve it. And to approve it, they have to have scientific proof and evidence that there's shit going on. I think I don't fucking know. No, they do. And they also have to have, um, you have to go see a, a therapist and a psychiatrist before they'll do anything. And that was something she said she didn't want to do because she didn't want them poking him with needles. I don't like anybody poking my kid with needles. It sucks. It's one of the worst things in the world. But take care of your kid. Yeah. Yeah. Don't throw water on him. And, he's he's going to have needles in him. Yeah. Well, hopefully not a lot of them, but. 
I mean, well, it's a, it's more a mental thing. So I don't know what they'd be. Uh, I think she, I don't I think she needs to be evaluated. I was going to say, I think she really wants it to be a possession. And yeah, they all do. They, like they all did. Do. Yeah, they did. They were all very into this. So it, it, it is either true or they're just, I don't or maybe, know. maybe it's all fucking real. Am I, am, yeah, I'm open to that. Prove to me that it's not. Yeah. Official exorcism was said to have never taken place. They stated that the church in the area would not grant such a request, but that isn't true because the Warrens brought priests with them. And while they haven't spoken on it, it is very much implied that there was an exorcism performed on David. Another quote from Judy, uh, the mother, that is notable, I thought, was, if people honestly believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord, they have to believe in the devil. Besides, this world is being controlled by the devil. Look at the drugs, the prostitution, the gambling, and the violence. The devil is in charge of it. The video games, the Starbucks, the Targets. Fidget games. Fidget spinners. Monster energy drinks. Tennis shoes. Music videos. Marilyn Manson. Yeah. (laughs) The list goes on, man. Devil's everywhere, and it's awesome. It's great. We can really date this podcast by talking about Lil Nas X and his video. (laughs) (laughs) Ten years from now, people will be like, what the hell are you talking about? But I love it. I'm sorry. I can't help it. Okay, so remember Arnie Johnson or Cheyenne as he went by earlier? Mm -hmm. He was a he was a firm believer in that in that what was happening to David was a hundred percent real. Uh, Arnie would assist his fiance's family with the care of David. He would help hold him down to the bed. He would stay up all night caring for him. And he really cared a great deal for David. And he would often challenge the 43 demons and two doubles that had taken over his body. That also reminds me, well, he'd be, he'd say like, you know, leave David alone. I'm not afraid of you. I'll fight you. Stuff like that, which also reminds me of Ghost Hunters. Yeah, I'm not afraid of you when you yeah. come up here and send send me to hell. Yeah. <laughs> to okay, so when he would say, I'm not afraid of you, you know, get out of them or whatever, uh, David would reply, They are laughing at you. Kids are creepy anyway, but you don't challenge something you don't know anything you don't, about. If you believe and he believed what was going on, like why would you want to especially if you believe it, yeah. yeah. I'd be running in the other direction. I yeah, I wouldn't be anywhere near this place. Sorry, kid, you're on your own. You're on your own, man. So Arnie and his girlfriend, Debbie, returned to the rental house where it all started, um, you know, when, when this was going on with David. And Arnie was looking out the window of the house, and he said, there he is. There's the beast. So Arnie saw him. Wow. According to Debbie, Arnie bared his teeth and growled like an animal. You remember that video of the old guy doing an impersonation of the dog that was attacking or that was like you know what i'm talking about no what are you talking about it's that video where he's like uh it's a really old guy and uh they're interviewing him and it's like news and he's got like his wife next to him and uh he's like it was like this and then he just goes fucking nuts he's like I've seen that. you haven't seen that no you'll have to send it to me i'll have to watch it right, so I'm he's pretending to-, to be the dog he's like Rrr. Yeah, he and he goes and he goes 120%. He gives it at all. <laughs> I have not seen that. I'll have to. He goes from zero to a light speed in about two in seconds. So yeah, he's 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 growling. And uh so Debbie decides to slap him in the face, you know, trying to snap him out of the the trance that he was in. Sure. 
Yeah. And Debbie said, I knew right away what it was. And after the first slap, she had to slap him twice. So she then told him that the beast had gone into them, into him, you know, because why not? Sure. Sounds good. Yeah. At least he's being honest. Yeah. So there were five separate occasions where he acted very out of character after this incident, Arnie. There's a few that they didn't talk about at first, saying they were saving it for court. We'll get to that later. But one time they were apparently in a church and Arnie said, son of a bitch, I want to get out of here, which I may have thought a time or two in church as well. Uh, Every time I've ever been in church. (laughs) Son of a bitch. I got to get out of here. Even at one point, and there's there's at least one point and yeah. then the entire session where you're just like, fuck. You're asking, you're sitting in this wooden pew, you know, let's get on with it. Let's go. Um, there's I'm a lot just, of people that would disagree, but. I compl- yes, and that is their right and prerogative. Amen to you, no pun intended. Another sh- incident of strange behavior, this one witnessed only by Debbie, once again. Uh, she claimed that on the day Arnie Johnson murdered Alan Bono, that Arnie was talking in two different voices at the same time. And yeah, it's, just, it's all that, Debbie saying it, though. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, like, um, yeah, there's no recordings or anything like that. So Debbie described Arnie as being too good, too kind, great guy. Other said he was quick to anger, very possessive of Debbie, Debbie, and... It was said that after an argument as work, he shredded a stuffed animal with a knife, oh, which is man. intense. Huh? That's, that's what? It's intense. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, dramatic. It's very dramatic. It's interesting that he used a knife because, you know, he would later stab someone. It's like he's uh, acting it out before it happened. Let us talk a little about the murder victim in this case, Alan Bono. So Alan had opened up a dog kennel, Brookfield Kennels. This was something he knew very little about, apparently. So he ended up hiring Debbie to work there and help him learn how to run the business. Debbie would often bring family members to the kennel just to hang out, see the dogs. You know, she would feed them, exercise them. And Alan Bono would mostly drink while Debbie would work the kennels. Uh, It said he had a bit of an alcohol issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this particular day... Debbie had brought Arnie, who, who had called him sick from his tree trimming job because he had a sore throat. So he brought, she brought him to the kennel with her that day. And she also brought a few family members, three young girls. Okay, so we had Wanda, who was 15, Janice, who was 13, and Mary, who was only nine years old. Keep that in mind. Jeez. Yeah. So Bono ended up taking everyone out to lunch. And it was there that he, Arnie, and Debbie drank some wine. But they did say that it was really Bono that was drinking to excess that day. Again, you know, alcohol problem. Yeah. No reason to be murdered, but still. He was a, a gregarious man who loved to talk about himself and all the things he had done, which is interesting. Like, he owned a plantation in Australia for a little bit, which I thought was kind of cool. Like, yeah, like, he, <clears throat> he's an interesting character. Yeah. But so he, uh, he's, he's kind of a belligerent. He is. Yeah, he is. He came to Connecticut from Florida, so let that sink in. We got Flor- Floridian here. He was short and stocky, he was 40. Uh, he was very exciting to Debbie and Arnie. They thought he was so cool. But like I said, he was drinking a lot that day, just telling stories and being loud. So after lunch, everyone went back to the kennel. In the afternoon passed. Arnie ended up fixing a radio of, of Bono's, and 
Debbie uh, left with the girls to get pizza that evening. But she kept telling the girls that they had to hurry. Like she had a bad feeling that something was going on at the kennel. She said there just wasn't something right that day. So once Debbie and the three young girls returned, Alan Bono invited everyone up to his apartment that he lived in above the kennel. And this is where things are just going to go kind of wrong. So at this point, he is reportedly very intoxicated. He is being aggressive and loud. He's playing, he's blaring music and everyone is just ugh, tense. And so Debbie's like, we're, we're leaving. It was a tense atmosphere. And it was at that time that bon Bono grabbed Mary, who is nine goddamn years old. Yeah. He, he grabbed her and he refused to release her. And he told them like, you're not leaving, stay. I don't know if he was necessarily trying to hurt her. He was drunk. He was drunk. Everyone was drunk. Inappropriate behavior. Very inappropriate. Debbie's trying to get Mary out of his grasp. During the struggle, Arnie comes back in the room. He had ran out to the car and he sees what's going on. Wanda, the oldest girl, 15-year-old, said that she was like holding on to Arnie, but it was like holding on to a stone, that he was like hard. Hmm. And it is... Then said, I swear that Arnie growled like an animal at Bono before stabbing him brutally. I do mm. say it is said a lot because um, they're just like first-hand accounts, and I have no clue how I feel about this stuff. I guess I just, I not enough. I believe in it, not enough to fuck with things, but past that point, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's like kind of how I stand on it. I never touch a Ouija board or anything like that. No. Yeah. I'm not and, religious, but I have a cross over my front door, you know, like <laughs> I, yeah. Like I feel like there are certain houses that have things in them. I've definitely gone somewhere and just felt bad vibes mm -hmm. at the very least, uh, emotions and shit like that stay. And you yeah. can feel that. And then that's what I think it is more than anything is just for some reason, emotions, feelings, atmosphere just locks onto a location. Sometimes and you go in there and you're like, well, I mean, when you walk into a nursing home, it, it doesn't have a good feeling to, you know, so. No, vets too. Yeah, it, it just makes you feel a little uneasy. Mm -hmm. And I think if there's anything going on, it's, it's just that residual feelings. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. That's just one, one theory. After the murder, like I said, Arnie Johnson claimed the devil made me do it. And Arnie's defense team ran with this. Yeah, man. His attorney is, he comes across like an ambulance chaser very much. So I got a couple of quotes from him. I couldn't stop quoting him because he's such a douchebag. His defense attorney, Martin Manella, like I said, he's quite a character, was quoted as saying, um, I'm very confident I could put the Pope on and he'd tell you that if a guy is demonically possessed, he is not responsible. He has got better quotes coming up too, by the way. Wow. Well, that's the Pope, man. Yeah. This case drew crazy media attention. The possessed defense had been used in English, England twice, but neither case went to trial. So this was a, kind of a first where they're trying to prove that the devil exists in a court of law. So the defense attorney for Arnie also said, oh, this is great. Everyone is interested in this case. Everyone. We got calls from Australia from Switzerland, from England, everywhere. When I went to London, they recognized me on the street. All the top studios are interested in this, all the top producers. Of course, my position is that we won't talk about 
it until after the trial is over. My client is more important to me. Oh. I'm sure that's true. Yeah. I'm sure. Okay, so back to the Warrens. They claimed that when Arnie challenged the beast, he was just asking for trouble. We tried to warn Arnie, said Lorraine, but he just wouldn't listen. It's one of those things you never do, said Ed. Not if you know anything about this sort of thing. Hmm. And this quote from Lorraine makes me feel that they are a little money hungry. So she said rhetorically, will we have a book written about this? Yes, we will. Will we lecture about it? Yes, we will. Are we talking to writers and movie producers? No, we're not. Our agents are. Oh, (laughs) shit. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. Four months before the murder, Lorraine Warren called the police to tell them something bad was going to happen. And it was probably going to center around Arnie. Now, there's not much the police can do when you feel like you have a hunch that something bad might happen. So there was no follow up with this. And the defense attorney was asked how he came up with the defense of, you know, the devil made me do it. He said he didn't. He said the Warrens came up with it. Interesting. And And they they testified. Yeah, they did. There's a and there's an interview with them about this case, too, there's a bunch of stuff and the lawyer said I didn't come up with this this is what was presented to me I went to see Ed Moraine and I decided to take the case after talking to them they told me that when you're possessed you have no control over your actions that stuck in my mind I don't know I think that if you're mentally ill and you don't know the difference between right and wrong I think uh, you might be insane you know plead insanity yeah possession no it's a, it's a really... That's not going to hold up in a court of law. No. And if lie there... detectors don't. Yes. And I, audio recordings don't. And barely eyewitness accounts because yeah. you know, we all distort reality in our own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Not the best defense in my opinion. I think crazy would have been better. Or in plead insanity. Yeah. Insanity is better than possession. Yeah. How can you prove the existence of God and the devil? with evidence it's tough another part of the case that the defense claimed worked for them was the fact that the stab wounds were so horrific and deep they actually said that there was no way a human could have killed in that manner which i don't think that's true probably bono's body was cremated the defense attorney Mel said i'm, I'm sorry for all the quotes he's, he's just such a blowhard and he amuses me uh he no, said he's, of the, great. he's great he said of the body being cremated it's too bad there's nothing like seeing a body. It's like, whoa. Okay, dude. He wants to see that corpse he real bad. Nothing like it. The case went to trial. The Warrens took the stand in defense of Arnie Cheyenne Johnson. Despite all the evidence that pointed towards demonic possession, the judge shockingly said that this could not be proven and sentenced Arnie, Arnie to 15 to 20 years. Manslaughter. He served five years. Yeah. Which is nothing. No. Like he, he could have gotten the death penalty. Who yeah. knows what could have happened? This is a murder trial. Yeah. He got off with a slap on the wrist. Slap on the wrist. It's like high school if you flunk sophomore year. It's five years. It can't be worse than high school. No. It's gotta be at least similar. Uh, so yeah, he only served five years. A book was written about this case, not surprisingly. The Warrens said to have shared the profits of the book with the family, but they only gave them $2,000. That's um, it. How much did you say that book was worth online, though? Uh, 
It's a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. Yep. So, that's fifty yeah. percent of that's their profits. Fifty percent of their profits for one book. So yeah, we were gonna read that book and then we decided not to. Yeah, I I probably could have found like a PDF file or something right. of it. But... Yeah. Today, Arnie and Debbie are married. Arnie owns his own construction company. Interesting. Debbie works in housekeeping at a local hotel. They had a son who she named Cheyenne after Arnie. So I guess they're doing good. Yeah. Best case scenario. He, he yeah. had to live a life. Mm-hmm. Ed Warren passed away in 2006 at the age of 79. Lorraine passed away in 2019 at the age of 92. So they both got up there. I would kind of like to do an episode of them. I would like to do an episode of them too. They're very interesting. I, and I don't know how I feel about it, but I'd like to and learn more. 10,000 cases, there's got to be a hidden jewel in there somewhere. I agree. I found this a little interesting. In 2007, David's older brother, Carl, sued the Warrens. He said the book was bullshit and that they exploited David's obvious mental illness for their own personal gain. Uh, so David did get better after moving to a private school for quote unquote disturbed children. He got counseling there and got better. Who knows what the hell could have been happening? I mean, maybe someone was abusing him yes. and no one knew about it I and know. he was acting out. And then when he got away from the situation, it all it went, it went away. It went away. Yeah. No, you're hundred percent right. There's no telling. I mean, it, this could more than likely it's a mental illness situation and not, you know, 42 devils. I feel like the truth of this story is a lot sadder than what Absolutely. people think. I think so too. So yeah, he got better. Kind of reminds me of the exorcism of Emily Rose where she had epilepsy I mean, oh, yeah. that's, and she died. That is so terrible. It's, it is really bad. It's, uh, it's very violent and traumatic to see somebody go through that thing and they don't have any recollection of it and they're just sore and pissed off and their tongues all chewed to shit. It's sad that even now in this day, well, I guess that was in the eighties, but you know what I mean? Modern time that we would rather believe that there is a demon in your body than that you have a mental illness. Yeah. There there's, there's something wrong with our environment that we can't, identify or and uh it's that not us yeah. it's, it's it's not a fault of us it's just it's a, it's a ghosts in your brain in your blood yeah. you got yeah. haunted blood yeah we gotta drain you you gotta drain you. Uh, transfusion so, yeah. we're gonna get some holy blood in you yeah. <laughs> we have blessed the blood it's not your blood type but that's fine it's god's blood now it's god's blood it doesn't matter what type it is <laughs> I don't care what type you are. Blood, blood. You're yeah, in God's hands now. <clears throat> yeah, you're on your own. But yeah, it it's just mind-boggling. It, it's like Middle Ages shit where they'd rather say it's a demon than we should get you to the psychiatrist. Get you There's, checked it's, out. It's the stigma that exists today still. And that is such bullshit. And it's really... I think we're getting better. And I think within about 15 to 20 years once these uh, Gen Zers come up, that it's going to be a lot more acceptable mental health issues. I really do. But that's all I have. I mean, we just skimmed this case. There is so much out there, especially on the Warrens, like interview after interview. Um, yeah, I just really skimmed this, but interesting when, story. 
when the Warrens are surrounded by people that are believing them, they're it's it, they put on quite a show, and it's, yeah. it's it's really great. They're themselves, and they they're really happy talking about. They- enjoyed they enjoyed what they did for a living for sure absolutely they took it seriously and they believed every single part of it they were uh entrepreneurs yeah trailblazers yeah the conjuring three coming out soon which is based on this case didn't know the story thanks to my husband for being like hey have you heard about this no i haven't we should do an episode on it so we did props to josh props to josh even though the movie's already been made with Kevin Bacon. And... Yeah, why would you need to make another one? It's got Kevin Bacon. In. I finished it. Did you? I didn't. Was it good? No. <laughs> the beginning was good. It was fine. Yeah. It was not as, let's just say, it wasn't bad as I expected. It ended abruptly and yeah. very anticlimactic. This one, my story is very abrupt and anticlimactic. What more can you, it's like, okay, well, he's good. Now, and, and everybody lived happily ever, happily after. ever after. Or did they? Yeah. <laughs> Is the beast still roaming? There's 43 of them and there's two devils. Lot. Two devils. Those are the ones you got to watch out for. Apparently are there's they? less of them. Maybe. Maybe they're yeah, there rare. There are less of them. Maybe yeah. they're higher up. I don't know. I don't know. Crazy shit. Depending on how you feel about it. Who knows? It's it's crazy either way. You know? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. That's what we had for this week. So glad to be back. So good to be back. Cue the Aerosmith music back in the saddle again. Oh, no, that's don't. All I can say. I, that's, that's all, all I, can say. I can just say it. Even though we are on Spotify and they're on Spotify. I don't, I don't know the whole, I don't know. I don't know how that works. We should probably learn all that stuff. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we should. We'll get on that. Anyway, thank you guys so much for your patience and waiting for this new episode. So that's this week's episode. Um, uh, in two weeks, we're going to have another one for you. Yeah. Thank you for sticking with us and your support when we took a little break. Yeah. If you're still listening to us, God bless you. And, yes. uh, but we're back. We're back. And that's as close as I'm going to get to Aerosmith. <laughs> oh, you anyway. guys stay safe out there. <laughs> Bye, guys. Please follow us on all social media platforms. Any questions or comments, email us at deadlyserial at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, the link is in the description.